With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Come meet me at the museum with Alan and Daniel. We'll talk about the Cardinals all night long. Everyone, come gather round. To your favorite sound, we'll talk about the Cardinals all night long. We'll talk the games and all the rest about the team that we love best. We'll talk about the Cardinals all night long. We're gonna talk about the Cardinals all night long. And welcome you back to another edition of Meet Me at Mutual. I'm your host, Daniel Shoftoff, C70 at the bat at C70. As always, Alan Medlock, Red Dirt Robert, A Medlock1 on Twitter. It's been a couple of weeks since we got together, not because, because of holidays and because there's really not been that much to talk about. Um, but we thought we'd try to break the streak and get out here, get some stuff out today. Um, Alan, you know... I guess really still not a lot going on, but we did have the non-tenders over the last week, both who the Cardinals didn't tender a contract to and who's out there to possibly be a target for the Cardinals. Start on the Cardinals side of things. They didn't tender a contract to John Brevia and Ryan Hill Ravello. Um, I don't, I mean, not a big shock on any of them. I didn't, I don't think I saw anybody talking about Ravello beforehand I don't know if it was just a, a situation where they didn't necessarily know what his contract was like. Sure. Absolutely. And glad to be back. I uh, hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I hope everybody yep. listening had a good Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Um, yeah. The, I thought the same thing. It was, uh, I even went back this week and listened to a few podcasts like Danny Mack and, and what we could have, uh, you know, Fredrickson and Gould this week to see if Ravello's name was ever brought up. And I didn't hear it brought up at all. And then I kind of read into Jeff Jones stuff a little bit and not to name drop like crazy, but just kind of backtrack and give credit where it's due that uh, there was an issue. I, it was like, I'm not really sure. And I'm talking out of, out of turn here about uh, how that, how it was available and how they probably would have done it last year if the Martinez trade hadn't have gone through, you know, to allow him to mm-hmm. go overseas to play. Yeah. And that, that yeah. played a part in it. Um, yeah. I, it was funny. I, I it clear space. And I nothing against Ravello, but I was kind of glad to see that. I will tell you, up until the non-tenders, I kind of expected it to be Brebby and Gant, be, just because I felt like you could save the uh, save the money with Gant, and obviously they didn't, and then turn around and sign him to a contract, which I'm glad. I mean, I'm a Gant, a Gant fan, and I and I think that in a season to where they're going to be building backup innings, they need a swing man like Gant or someone just ultimately as important as he is to the, uh, to the, uh, to the staff in general. But uh, yeah, as far as surprise, not really. I kind of like to see that uh, they cleared that extra uh, 40 man spot for potentially a hitter. 
and uh, we'll just see what they do with it now or, or how they utilize it. Yeah. Um, you're right. I mean, there's Ravello is fine, I guess, but I mean, that's a place where you could upgrade pretty well. And yeah, I mean, and you're right. I'd forgotten, but you're right. They had pretty much had him almost on a plane to Korea. Right. I mean, sure. and, then, and then what happened last year that changed that? It was the Martinez. Uh, oh, no, right? Martinez. Yeah. Right. You're right. You're right. You just said that. Um, but yeah, as soon as that, then they kind of pulled him back. Um, so, it, yeah, in an interesting way, I mean, it, you could look, I would think that he was probably, well, in 2020 with, with COVID, that may be a different story, but if in a typical year you could look and say, Hey, look, he was in the big leagues. He's probably pretty happy with that. But when you look at it, you know, in the short term, he probably missed out on a lot of money you know, mm. going to Japan. And it's one of those, that's kind of why I, I, I looked into that. I was thinking, well, you know, that may not have been an even trade-off. Now, I'm not sure anything is normal right now. So I'm not sure how much that goes into it. But I did kind of think that was funny that he probably left a pretty big payday for them to bring him back. Yeah, I mean, of course, they still had the rights to him. And you're right. I mean, in any sort of normal situation, you're like, you'd much rather play in MLB than anywhere else in the world. But, um, yeah. Given given the situation, he probably would have would have played more and probably made more um, overseas this year. So, uh, you know, again, and hopefully that I'm uh, hopefully somebody over there will, will grab him up this year. Um, I, I imagine that would probably be the case. As for Brebia, I think I mean I I feel like it's a pretty obvious if if Brebia hadn't been out for all of next year, basically with this, or at least most of next year with Tommy John, they wouldn't have done this. And and it sounds like they're still trying to sign him to some sort of minor league deal, let him rehab. Um, but they just couldn't afford to go into this off season with a guy on their 40 man that, you know, you know, granted they're going to be able to put him on the 60 day DL whenever things roll around in the spring. But until then you got to carry him and they might need that roster spot. So, uh, you know, it was tough because Brebby is good. Um, and Brebbia will probably draw some interest, but I have a feeling that's going to be a situation where they're going to sign him to some sort of minor league contract, let him rehab, um, and then when he's ready, bring him back up. Yeah, I, I agree. I could I could see it being a minor league deal turning into a Gantt-type deal. You know, mm-hmm. I, I kind of thought the first thing – that was the first thing I thought about when I saw Gantt's contract. Yeah, and Gantt worked out pretty well. I mean, boy, if they didn't don tender Gantt last year after that – terrible second half yeah um i mean i know the finances are different this year but it seemed very unlikely to me that they were going to unten because he had a he had a strong uh 2020 uh granted in you know obviously still 60 games or whatever and you take what you can from that but um it really seemed like they were not they're not that anxious to get rid of him and, and Derek gould has pointed out i think in his chats uh, and probably other places because that's why Derek will do things. Um, but um, that, you know, swing men are, are going to be big yeah. coming in the next year as people continue to ramp up innings after such a, a year like this. Um, they're going to need guys that can either start or go four or five innings or whatever. And that's the kind of thing like we'll probably see at Alex Reyes. He may not be a starter next year, but he's going to work his innings up by, by being a guy that can come in the – the second and pitch to the fifth or something like that. If necessary. Sure. Yeah, so. absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, there's a lot of, uh, he could be extra valuable, you know, mm-hmm. this year for the, you know, the reasons you just pointed out. Yeah. Now, again, we're going to have to decide, you know, how, if he can pitch a full season, um, 
and be effective. That's still kind of a question mark, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, for the most part, yeah, I think that you you definitely wanted it wasn't a huge gamble for them to keep him. Yeah. As for the others, I mean, everybody else on that list was a was a no brainer. I mean, there are people that would have probably liked to see them non tender Harrison Bader. They're not going to non tender Harrison Bader. Um, and Jack Flaherty obviously is on that list. He's not going anywhere. Um, and I don't remember the others, but they were they were pretty pretty solid. Maybe yeah, not Reyes Hicks, as well. Hicks and Reyes. And, yeah. yeah, they were um, substantial. Yeah, so they were they were not going anywhere. So Cardinals really did not have any any drama around theirs, unlike say the people in Chicago, um, which there's. There was that idea of, you know, well, they might not tender Chris Bryant a contract. Sure. They, I you was, know, yeah. I mean, nobody, I don't think anybody really thought they wouldn't, but, and then they did lose, uh, you know, Kyle Schwarber, who's, I mean, when you start losing pieces from that 16 team, uh, it's got to, for Cub fans, even if they're accepting of it, it's still got to, you know, kind of have a little bit of a, of a prick or a pain just to, to leave any, lose anybody from that team. Uh, I know, you know, the Cardinals are in a different situation, obviously, because they win more often. But um, even the 2011 team, when you start seeing that team start to dismantle, it's, you know, it, you understood it, but it wasn't, you know, real great to, to feel. Um, it's got to be even 10 times worse for the Cubs to see people from that, you know, series winning team uh, start to leave. And you realize in Chicago that that window is really closing, that that idea of, multiple championships is probably not going to happen. Yeah, it was, it was one of the situations where I think that I'm, this is no, this isn't novel thinking. The only reason the Cubs brought back Bryant is to, they feel like the return is going to be better than what they're going to lose and potentially in an arbitration deal. Um, I think they're hemorrhaging money. I don't think that's any, I don't, that's that's no Mm -hmm. mystery. And I, there was a part of me that for a little while thought that he was just going to be non-tendered. And then when you start hearing more of the trade connections, you're just like, well, that makes no sense to, to non-tender him now because they're going to get some sort of return. Now, we knew it was going to be quick with the hope that, you know, they were going to, uh, you know, shoot off their foot and go ahead and make that move, but but didn't. And uh, they're in a, it's, that's an interesting situation all around. I mean, they, uh, I have yeah, really good friends with a couple of Cubs fans who were con- completely concerned about things moving forward just because the, uh, you know, the tea leaves are saying that they have absolutely no money and overspent what they did have. And, and it's mm-hmm. going to be a big time cut. And Hoyer has a job cut out for him. So, um, you know, you uh, make a deal with the devil that, you know, the debt comes due basically. <laughs> Yeah, you know, one of those situations, and it's uh, it's going to be a tough situation. So yeah, it, it's uh, I was really looking forward to the non-tender deadline. I was thinking this this could be this is going to be cool because there's going to be so many options out there. I think there's some there's some substantial moves. I don't think that uh, it was as alarming as many people thought it was going to be, but uh, you know the numbers are definitely out there. It's it's a, it's a weird weird season. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you. I kind of felt like it was it was really hyped up um but it didn't turn out to be as much as we thought um you know when i mean again i can understand not you don't really put a talent like chris bryant even if he struggled out on the free agent market getting nothing i mean that just that's kind of crazy but you know we heard tommy fam's name come up and mm-hmm that's the kind of player that in a situation that we were talking about 
you know, people were talking about a week or two ago that you really think that's going to come out there because it, the Padres are not necessarily, I mean, they've got money, but not necessarily just overflowing necessarily. Um, not one of the, not one of the teams you think of as a, you know, big payroll type of team, I guess let's put it that way, even though they've got Manny Machado out there. Um, you know, he, he struggled. He's, you know, he's also a guy that can wear out his welcome. I think I, I, I don't know that that's not part of why the Rays didn't trade him. Although the Rays got a really good return. That's the biggest reason. Um, so you would have thought if it was going to be this bloodbath, you know, big, huge thing, guys like fam would be out on the market and they're not. So I don't know what that says. I mean, does that, does that say a little bit that the finances aren't quite as desperate as major league baseball is putting out there? If guys, you know, if they can keep a guy that's making eight to 10 million when you could get a replacement guy for maybe a little bit less, um, you know, when you can keep a guy like Bryant, who's going to make 18 to $20 million. Um, I don't, you know, again, I'm not, we don't know the finances. We don't know what everything looks like, but it feels to me that, yes, we know baseball lost a ton of money, but they're also still willing to spend it or when they have to. Sure. Sure. I agree with that. Uh, And I wondered, you know, I, sometimes I got to take a step back and think, what were your expectations? Did you really Mm -hmm. think that these guys were going to move? Did you think there were going to be a lot of trades and it it didn't, you know, obviously that's that, those kind of things are going to happen. You bring up a good point though, that uh, we're not getting the whole story on, uh, you know, finances and all that. And, and the, there's a large, portion of baseball fandom who are going to say we're never going to get the, the honest truth and that they they didn't lose money i mean i read a, a, a twitter post yesterday about that from uh, from a writer mm-hmm. that said no one lost money on this oh that was actually scott boris so that doesn't make it you know that, yeah. you can disregard that. the uh my i do wonder though how many of those situations not necessarily in the fam type move but i do wonder in the bryant type move how many guys and organizations want to save face by not letting a guy walk for nothing? I've, yeah. I've, I've kind of wondered that before that you're just like, man, you could look stupid really quickly. I mean, I think that Brian's going to be a star somewhere else. And I, mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't, I think everybody knows that. I think there's a lot of people out there where there is a lot of, uh, this is going to be a, I'm sure this is a name we'll bring up late, bring up later, but I'm going to go ahead and throw it out here. There is a wide range of baseball fans who thinks that all is going to be a star with somebody else. Now there's mm-hmm. a bunch of others who think they can that look and do the numbers and think that that's probably not going to be the case. And he'll be redundant in some, in some outfields. But I do wonder about some of those things. Now I don't think Breidich is that he may be right on this and doll may be hurt and may never recover, but I don't think he's that concerned about how he looks walking away from a player like that. Or I think Hoyer and that organization would if they walked away from Bryant, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. And, I mean, it helps that Dahl's not necessarily the face of the Rockies. Yeah. I mean, if if Arnando is in that situation, you know, they're going to keep him. I mean, obviously he's not because he's a long-term contract. But, you know, they would not be non-tendering a guy like that or a guy like Trevor Story where they've tried to, you know, I don't – I think that they're um, – unlikely to do something like that but you're right i mean i think that there's there's differences and there's uh there is some idea of, of saving face and um yeah i mean chris bryant 
if somebody picked up Chris Bryant for free and he went out and won the MVP, um, I mean, Cub fans would never survive. I don't think uh, to some degree, especially when it's a your guy, right? I mean, I mean, David Dahl was also the developed by the Rockies, and that's understandable. But the odds of him becoming, you know, the MVP, I think, sure, are much sure. slimmer yeah. than a Bryant. So you're right. I mean, it's uh, it's I don't know, interesting situation. Obviously, again, don't ask Derek Gould about his opinion about Rockies. Uh, Moves. Yeah, which is interesting. <laughs> yeah, and the story behind that, if you don't know it, is yeah. very interesting why he feels that way. Yeah, but he, 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 he Derek's a guy that can hold a grudge at times. Yeah, I think, so. yeah. Um, anyway, um, constantly on the defensive. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I know that there's been some names out there that have really been tied to the Cardinals. Uh, Rosario as uh, one. Um, you know, maybe there's some talk about David Dahl. Um, part of me this is meant and again i haven't looked into them as much so i can't say that i mean i can i know that there's some pluses there's some cons rusty grapple wrote about eddie rosario at the conclave just yesterday um and you know none of these guys that were non-tendered are going to be team savers you know they they can they can help but they're not going to be the thing if they're the only move you make this winner then you're in trouble um you know, that said, I guess my my mindset, even though I know it's somewhat financial, is if they're non-tendered, there's probably a reason. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it's hard for me to to grasp that that kind of guy, and, and not that it's wrong, it's just it's my mental mindset, um, that that kind of guy could really, really be an impact player for a, a Cardinal team. Um, you know, it could help, and but they need, it feels like they need more than just help. So that can't be the only move that the Cardinals make this offseason, right? Um, well, I mean, it I, can be because because the finances, but it, yeah. in, in a vacuum, that they would need more than just that. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. That it, as in, basically, these are going to be complimentary guys, right? You know, that's right. what he think. You know, I I'm guilty of this as well, but uh, I think there's an element of let's just I want something new. Mm-hmm. You know, one of those yeah. things that we want something. I mean, there's several text messages and you and I traded last year and me and my friends, you know, we you traded last year to where I was like, here's the thing. These guys may come around, but this has just become boring. I mean, something I would like to shake this up in some some way to happen, you know, and Carlson did that for, you know, for a bit. And uh, maybe that's where the 60 game season was beneficial to where, you know, for, you know, 20 of those games, you got Carlson and it kind of uh, broke up the monotony a little bit. The, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's funny when Rosario's name was out there, I was like, man, that would be a piece, but that's not a piece to me that makes a whole lot of sense unless you do have the, the, the DH in place. Um, mm-hmm. And if you do have the DH in place, you probably have that player in Carpenter anyway. So I'm not so certain that any of the guys actually fit, I, I would be all right with signing any of them short of Duvall just because I think Duvall is re- very redundant with what they have in the outfield. But when you talk about Dahl, Rosario, I'm not so sure about Rosales, the uh, uh, Hanser Alberto. I'm not so I'm not so sure about uh, about just another infielder in that situation. But I do wonder if where some of the Im- improvement they're going to find offensively isn't going to be somebody that can t- share third base or b- be your everyday third baseman with the with the hope that Carpenter is either your DH or your uh, you know a bench bat. Um, I wonder about that. It's it's funny how some of the projections look at Carpenter and they're f- much more favorable than I expected. 
And I don't know how much they buy into that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm guilty of, Hey, I want to see a signing that they go that could help offensively. And I want it to be a name that we haven't heard a thousand times before in the organization. You know, that's uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense, but uh, you know, I would like to see something new at times. And, and I think other people may feel the same way um, of those names. I'm not really sure. Like I said, I, I would be all right with just about any of them uh, other than Duvall, but I'm also not my, I don't have a lot of expectations that you're going to see any of them as a Cardinal. I wonder um, as you talk about somebody that can play third base, I do wonder if Carpenter's vesting option is an issue that kind of comes up in their thinking this, this off season, just because if they can get a guy that can play third base, that can complement third base and things like that, or DH or something of that nature, it becomes easier to make sure that Matt Carpenter doesn't reach 550 at bats or plate appearances and, and have his option for 2022 automatically vest. Um, you know, they can do that no matter. They don't, they could do that. They could bench Carpenter or whatever, but you know, it's, it's easier to justify. I think when you say, Oh, well, this guy's here and he needs to play against right-handers and Carpenter plays against or whatever, you know, the other way around, I guess. But um you know, I, I just wonder if that's, I mean, it's not a, it's not a huge consideration, but I wonder if there's that idea that, you know, if we can get a guy, even if it's a versatile guy that yeah. can play different spots, if it can limit Matt Carpenter, at least somewhat, because I don't think any of us think that Matt Carpenter is going to be 2018 Matt Carpenter or the, the good 2018 Matt Carpenter. Cause there were chunks on either side of that amazing stretch that were not so good. Um, and I got to figure the Cardinals would really like to not have that money on the books in 2022 as well. I mean, Carpenter, if Carpenter comes off and Fowler comes off and I forgot, I think there's another, there's a lot of money. Yeah. Miller comes off. Um, you know, there's a lot of money that could be available in the winter uh, this time next year. Uh, and some of it's going to go to Jack Flaherty. Some of it's going to go to some of these other players, but there's a lot of, there's a decent amount of money. that's going to be off the books. And I don't think they would like to, you know, have some of that tied up in a guy that at best is at, you know, the end of his career. Um, you know, I'm getting close to the end of his career sure. age and such. So I wonder if that factors in, I mean, that gives you that idea of playing another infielder. I know they're looking at outfield, but you know, yeah, they, they, may need, they may look at third base just because I would. Yeah, I would think they would have to. And and some of my, you know, a counter argument to where they may not is this is very hypothetical. But mm-hmm. uh, I think that one, they think that uh, Edmundo Sosa can play and mm-hmm. this, the spring he had last year may lead them to giving him some more bats and being a right-handed split there at third or, or in the infield. Cause they're going to need somebody that can play shortstop a little bit. And somebody that can play second base a little bit. And um, you know, just with, with who they have staffed right now. Um, I do wonder in a full season if Montero wouldn't be someone that they would give a look to not thinking that's the long-term plan, but giving him that taste in the big leagues in a season mm-hmm. like this, that's coming. Um, uh, it, it's, it's funny. It's, it's one of those, one of those things too, to where, I fully expect them to probably bring back Brad Miller and do it late in the uh, late in the off season. Yeah, and probably do it for like a two million dollar, another two million dollar deal or a million if they can get it. Um, he's one of those I like Brad Miller. I'm not super confident that that's an upgrade at third base though defensively. Uh, I like the, I would like the bat. I would like a full season of that. But uh, 
you know, all this begs the question, you're just like, how much improvement do you want to see and how much do you expect them to go get? I mean, would you rather them spend – is the offensive upgrade worth it to say you spend eight – Eight million on Rosales or eight million on Colton Wong? That was possible, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Wong would seem to answer a lot of the questions for him in the in the direction that they're going, but just not at twelve million dollars. So I think that ship has sailed. I don't want to. I don't want to say that. But then you're just thinking if that money's there, you may you may want to rally back or you know reporting out there saying that they're trying to improve offensively some way. So you know, I, I really don't know. I mean, I I feel like Sosa is going to get a long run. And whether that's as you just typical your backup infielder, that's I mean I, it's understandable. But if it's a, a split at it, it, split at time at third base with Carpenter, wouldn't surprise me either. I'm a little. I mean, I don't disagree with you too much, but I'm a little surprised. You know, Sosa didn't get an at bat in the major leagues this year. I mean, he was on the starting roster, didn't play for those first few days um, before COVID went on the COVID diet. I think he was one of the ones that was sick. And then when he came back, went to Springfield and never returned. And I'm just, I'm a little bit surprised that they didn't find some way of bringing him, especially with his expanded rosters and everything that was going on. Um, granted he was sick during the, yeah, you know, the huge part of the doubleheaders and things like that. But, you know, I just, that was a surprise to me, you know, when I started going, working on the, uh, exit interviews and looking, I realized that he didn't, you know, he didn't even get a, I didn't have to write one cause he didn't get an actual plate appearance this year. Um, I don't know. And then I guess, you know, we don't know what they saw at Springfield. They, well, they seem to have really like, yeah. you know, Libertor and things like that. But, um, you know, some of those guys may be closer than we think and, and influence what their decision making is as well. Well, and after reading what Lane Thomas went through and mm-hmm. it kind of justified some of the things that we thought, or didn't know what was going on, but kind of thought, man, he's going to fall out of favor with these guys. This is pretty, this is, this is, this isn't good. Then you kind of start thinking, well, were some of these guys really, really, really sick, you know, mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, wasn't reported and that in some, in some instances you can't. And I do wonder if it's, it was a lot, it was much worse for some of these guys than the others. And, and that's one of those where I'm just trying to think, should we give everybody a pass in that situation? Cause we just don't know. Yeah, I mean that uh, that is tough to to figure out. Um, I don't know. Um, I, you know, I don't think anybody knows exactly how much you weight that, how much do you factor in. But you know, and I, I would hate that. But you know, Lane Thomas picked <laughs> unfortunately hit at the wrong time. Yeah, completely that outfield. I you know I don't think you can just assume that he's going to be a a boost for it. And you've already got four guys in front of him, and uh, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what that means for him this off season. Even if you're factoring, I and mean, maybe it's more likely that they keep him, especially if they can stash him at Memphis if there is a minor league season, which we still don't know. Um, and I mean, how hard is it right now? Do you think for the Cardinals or for anybody, they don't know roster size. They don't know if there's a DH in the um, National League next year. I mean, it's got to, I mean, and, and Cardinals still don't know their budget um, because they don't know how many people are going to be in the stands. They don't even know necessarily when they're going to start the season. I mean, yeah. they have an idea. I mean, there's a schedule, but there's no idea, no idea if they're going to actually keep that or not. I mean, the, the fact that anybody has signed the salt winner, and I know the, that the Braves signed a pitcher and, 
the Royals signed one, and there's been a couple here signings here and there. But the fact that anybody has signed is almost crazy to think about just because of all the un- unknowns that are out there for the whole whole industry. Sure. As far as season length and um, minor league possibilities, now I do think there's enough smoke that, that those things have been discussed. Nothing, yeah. nothing determinate. But I think that there's ideas about what's going to happen if this is if this is reached or this is reached. I I, I just think there's deals. I mean, Mo was on uh, Sports on a Sunday last week, and he and he brought that up and said they expect there to be a minor league season, whether it be a full season, whether it be a half season, or whether it be a season where you're playing at the spring training complexes. They said that that much they're they're sure of that something like that's going to happen. Um, he didn't get into definitives after anything after that. Um, do you expect? the winter meetings to hold some, some of that. I wouldn't be surprised to hear about the DH next week. Um, and I think that it may play it safe to where I think it's going to happen to where a, a lot of the national league teams are being told not to, yeah, or the Cardinals in particular are, are preparing like they are not going to have that option. I'm not so certain, especially if you're hearing things like 140 game season and uh, the travel schedule is going to be similar to what it was this year. Fans may not be in in place to, and you may get forty to fifty percent by August. I, I'm thinking that they're going to play it safe on this one. But let me be honest, I thought everything was going to play it safe in every sport this year, and that's yeah, kind of been the furthest <laughs> from the truth. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't follow the other sports as much, and of course, NBA and NHL, we don't really know what they're going to look like just because they've played their playoffs in a bubble and that's, you know, not really conducive for a whole season. I don't think, um, and we'll see how that goes yeah. for them when they, yeah. when they start up. But well, and I mean, I'm a huge college basketball fan mm-hmm. and I love that we've rolled into right after baseball into some basketball and, and get moving on that. You can't convince me that starting in January wasn't the right move. Um, just because I feel like you're, you're, you're playing with fire doing it yeah, in December, yeah. set back a month, Get you get things together, play a conference only season if you have to. But you know, money is the determining factor on a lot of these things, and sometimes I think it trumps judgment. Oh, sure. I and mean, I know that the and you probably know the you know the local college here that's playing in the Great America Conference, uh, D- Division Two level. Um, they did that. I mean, they didn't play football this off this for this fall, and basketball doesn't start until January. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they're practicing and things like sure. that, but they're not playing and they're not traveling. And, um, you know, with the idea that hopefully January was better, I mean, they made that decision a while back and I don't know if things will change now that, you know, January doesn't necessarily look like it's going to be any better. Um, but you know, some have, and I mean, I just, I see the reports from, you know, the NFL and all the cases they have and the games they're pushing back. And, you know, some of the times that they're playing where I feel like, why are you, you know, just, yeah. I, I don't think that I don't think baseball would have played in um, and football is much more of a, you know, sport where I, I'm a little surprised we haven't heard of a transmission across teams in football. Um, I wasn't too surprised when baseball didn't have that, but I'm a little bit surprised we haven't seen somebody that got sick on one team from playing another team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I completely agree. I felt like football was the biggest gamble of all. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a part of me that, that, that I mean, I, you know, I'm no conspiracy theorist, but, you know, I do wonder if one of those that come hell or high water, they were playing football and the country wanted that to happen. Well, sure. Sure. I mean, I, for some reason, 
probably the the fact that you can tie the decline of American civilization to the fact that football is a <laughs> number one sport. Um, it's probably direct correlation of how popular football is. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was. I, I mean, they were going to. I mean, there's a. I mean, and it's it's also like everything else, a ton of money involved. Um, you know, baseball really was going to try to you know push theirs through, and I, you know, I got to say. And we've talked about this already. Baseballs, ideally, maybe they wouldn't have played, but from what the fact that they did play, I think they did a fine job of trying to, especially after the Cardinals and after the Marlins, and they tightened things up a little bit better. You know, there weren't any real outbreaks, a player here or there, but no significant outbreaks. And um, it turned out okay. Um, so, you know, and again, that just encourages everybody else. But I I don't know. Um, it's a wild situation. I, to, I mean, just to not know the basic, some of the basic rules at this point in this, in the game. And you're right. I'm sure that they have discussions. I'm sure they have a pretty good idea that, okay, we're probably going to have 26 or we're probably going to have 28 or, you know, we're probably going to have the DH um, or not. You know, they got an idea. But as soon as you commit to, Marcelo Zuna for two years because you think he's going to be a DH, you know, then, oh, well, we're not going to have a DH this year. And we're gonna, <laughs> you know, we yeah. can't because we can't come to agreement because we've seen that, right? I mean, that they, they spend all this time because that's going to take an agreement, I think, between the players and the sure. and the owners. And I mean, they're, you never bet on them agreeing on anything to the point that they may both want the DH, but they can't get it settled. It's kind of like that second sim stimulus check you know everybody wanted it back in in july and it never actually uh, came to pass because of everything else that's around it um i think that's somewhat what we'll see here too i mean we could easily see baseball you know go back to the pitcher hitting for this year just because they can't agree on anything else now i think we saw the way we saw it last year i wouldn't be surprised if they wound up you know piecemealing a few things in there but if i'm john mosaic i want to know Sure. Because that's gonna, you know, I don't want to plan for. I'm not going to go get a third baseman thinking that Matt Carpenter is going to get to play DH when all of a sudden then he's going to have to play third base and I've got this new guy that I don't know what to do with. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, you know they lucked into it last year with uh, mm-hmm. just getting that extra bat with Miller, and I don't know if you could run that risk two years in a row because he I'm mean, like me personally, this may be completely off base. I feel like if there's a designated hitter. It's going to be Carpenter. Um, the, um, I said that a lot last year too, though. So you know, that's, it's could be way off base, but, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it almost every team's in that situation and yeah. it, uh, you know, it's funny that the players union, I'm, I'm, they're probably pushing really hard on that because you're cutting the market down for half of these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, Schwarber's market goes from 15 to, to 30 fast. And, yeah. uh, you know, that, that, that says it all. I mean, I'm surprised that, uh, they're not pushing, but you know, it's funny. I do not, I, this has not been substantiated. This is just something that I've read that, that mm-hmm. the, the players and owners both want the designated hitter, but the owners aren't willing to give that up because they want expanded, ex, you know, the expanded playoff format. So, you know, I, I now basically those are the two, hottest topics and the ones that are easiest to see. So it's easy to draw a line between those, but you know, it makes a ton of sense. Well, yeah. I mean, the owners may want it, but they're not going to give that up as a bargaining chip. Yeah. Without a doubt. You know, because if you can get somebody to pay you for something you want to do, then you're in pretty good shape. Um, And that's, and that's what they're going to do. But um, I don't know. You mentioned Schwarber. I wanted to ask this. 
not that I expect the Cardinals to, and not that he necessarily fits, although I guess maybe you could see how he would, but how would you feel if the Cardinals signed Schwarber? Yeah, I, I've thought about that long and hard. I, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. This, I hope we don't get people clicking off the podcast <laughs> when I say this. A lot of times when those guys get out of Cubs uniforms, I like them much better than I did. Um, you know, and it's, it's one of those to where I could see Schwarber. And then when you look at his numbers and his walks and his power, you're just like, uh, I could, I could forget a lot of bygones pretty easy on that one. If he would, were to be in a Cardinals uniform, because I also, I'm also one of those that think that, uh, to go to the Cardinals, you're pretty dang motivated at that point, And you're going to have a pretty good season. Um, but I, I could overlook it. You know, it, rather quickly. Uh, some guys I probably can't say that about. Uh, I don't know if I would ever be able to say that about Contreras. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, I, several others I would. And, you know, Schwarber being the mid, you know the Midwest guy, I think I could probably overlook it pretty quickly. Um, I also like, you know, 25 doubles and 30 homers. Yeah, you know what was something I did look up with Schwarber that, that was amazing, that did, I did find interesting. And I've always thought it was a ballpark element. He does not hit many doubles outside of Wrigley. Hmm. I was surprised by that. And I was thinking, well, that makes me feel a lot better because I've always thought that Wrigley was maybe the biggest home field advantage. And I don't know why, because it kind of suppresses home runs as well. But I was surprised that his doubles were as low as they were outside of Chicago. Oh, it must be, yeah, the dimensions that, that no. they have, that uh, balls that people could get to for singles turn into doubles there i don't as for, i don't know i mean schwarber's a guy yeah i mean obviously you know we we dealt with this you know a few years ago dexter fowler coming off right after the cubs with the world series comes to the cardinals um and i don't you know once they put the uniform on i think you know but i don't think fowler was ever a guy that i disliked as much i mean he was a cub sure. so there's this general sure. idea of dislike but there wasn't a like a all oh, that guy drives me crazy um, I know a lot of people say, well, if you had Javi Baez on your team, you'd love him. I don't know that I would, um, after being a Cub for that long and, and all that, I'm sure I would come around at some point in time, but I'm not really actively rooting for that opportunity. Sure. sure. Um, I you think, you know, and I, I agree with you on that. I think there is an added stigma to those guys after they won the world series to yeah. where it's one of those, you're just like, okay, that was the team. You know, you look at Rizzo, you look at Baez, you look at, you know, you look at those guys and Schwarber and think, man, that was, that was the group that won it. You know, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, think how quickly, um, you know, it was tough not to like Lackey in the first place and it was easy to dislike him when he left, you know, yeah. one of those type of situations. Yeah. So I agree with you. I could see that. Yeah. I think, I think uh, ironically, I think uh, I would be okay with a Chris Bryant. Partly oh yeah, yeah, completely. Partly, partly because I don't think he's ever destroyed the Cardinals. I, Rizzo, I don't mind him as a player, but I think the fact that he stands on the plate and you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that would drive me crazy, even if he was a Cardinal. So I don't sure. know. Well, you know what's funny about Bryant is uh, I get the feeling Bryant, I get the feeling Bryant hates the Cubs as much as Cardinals fans do. <laughs> that may help. You know, I don't, I, I don't think there's any love loss. And you can read a Peter Gammons article that he posted today, which is phenomenal, by the way, on the Athletic about the the future of baseball. He makes the comment of a guy like Bryant losing his love for base, losing his love for the game which is kind of heartbreaking. And it's basically just a one line deal in there. And you thought, wait, things must be really bad in Chicago. 
between well, those I mean, two. I mean, it's never been good, right? I never. mean, yeah, because when you hold him down like that, pretty blatantly, um, just to, and it's funny that they held him down to get that extra year, and then they almost non-tendered him. You yeah. know, what I mean, <laughs> if they if they hadn't held him down, he'd have been a free agent in this year, and they could have saved their money. Yeah, uh, and they could have let him walk, and then they could have said, well, you know, wouldn't have had to worry about it. So. I, you know, I guess to some degree, things come around to to bite you when you try to be uh, cute and, and technical. But yeah, um, yeah, and I think that's one of the things that I've. It is good that the Cardinals, the Cardinals, just don't do that. Um, you know, I know there was a lot of talk about you know uh, Dylan Carlson and and whether they'd hold him back down because he is one of the biggest ones that they've had. And to be fair, I think he came up like right after this year, but that was because it was right after the COVID stuff. I mean. I don't think that that played a huge deal. Not they didn't play anything, but I, you know, we've seen them. Jordan Hicks. I mean, he jumps, he wasn't even on the 40 band and they start him up. You know, I feel like the Cardinals for the most part are pretty good about bringing up their players when they feel like they're ready and when they can do help the team, whether that, you know, starts the clock or not. Um, I don't, I really can't think of any time that they've done that kind of, you know, this guy's clearly ready, so we're sending him down for two weeks and, um, you know, hoping that uh, then all of a sudden, oh, wow, now he's ready uh, and bring him up. Um, <laughs> I guess the closest yeah. thing might have been um, the year that they sent down Shelby Miller, but then Miller went down and was just terrible in Memphis um, yeah. and, and didn't, you know, um, and it kind of proved maybe a little bit of the point. Um, and then it took a while before he came. And I, I don't know if he was sulking or what. It just, I mean, there was that idea, you know, that fans come up with, well, obviously he's just pouting and stuff like that. No, he may just not be ready, but, um, that's probably the closest one. And even then, it, it really wasn't a situation I think that was necessary. So, you know, again, I, it's a long way of saying I'm glad the Cardinals do what they do. And sure. I think that's one of the reasons they've been successful is because they're willing to, to bring up the, the talent that they need at the times so that they need it. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. I don't think that you you have to worry about the Cardinals doing those things in a situation to where the money would make more sense to a to a city in an organization like St. Louis than it would to the Cubs. You know, mm-hmm. because the, the Cubs are a weird situation. The Cubs are a, a, a big market team, and they don't have to play those kind of games and did. And it, sometimes yeah. it comes back to bite, to bite you. Um, you know, I remember just when you said that, I was thinking, you know, Walker, they rushed through because of the spring of the spring trainings that he had. And that was quick. Tavares, I remember there being some angst over calling him up kind of like uh uh a Rosarena at the time. Mm-hmm. But you know it, it, it he he performed well but struggled a little bit in Memphis before he came up. And then was he struggled a little bit up here. So Miller I think is the only one that I could think of that there was anything similar to that but i don't even think that 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 felt warranted i didn't feel like that when he moved down but no anybody that we say that to is going to say that you know we we are sanctimonious toward how the cardinals make moves as well, well probably but, true but, you know that's it, yeah, i completely agree with you basically yeah I, I miller was he could have come up i think but it wasn't like a he's clearly ready yeah um and tavares boy i think you know let's let's be fair i think tavares stayed down in part because they didn't know how Mike Matheny was going to use him. 
Nah, I mean, we saw that. that. We saw that a lot, right? I mean, with with Colton Wong and, and others that they basically said, okay, if you're not going to use him, we're going to send him to Memphis. And I think they just didn't want to. In fact, you know, Tavares went back down um, yeah. after he was called up be, after being here for a while, in part because he wasn't necessarily playing as much as he could, and he did struggle. But it was like, you know, I think the I think John Mozeliak at least was like, if I'm bringing this up guy up, a big time prospect, we're going to commit to playing him. And Mike Matheny just didn't do that um, for whatever reason. Um, he wasn't willing to let them, you know, be out there and, and get that experience. So, uh, you know, you factor that in as well. And, you know, I guess then you argue, well, maybe Mike Matheny should have been here as long. And that, that's a situation we've covered quite a bit um, and we don't have to worry about it right now. But, um, but yeah, I think, the, I think the Cardinals do business pretty well. Um you know, I can't say that I'm disappointed to see that that 2016 Cubs team start to crumble because uh, I really I, I did worry a little bit. I mean, when they hired Theo Epstein, I was I got concerned because I felt like they actually had somebody in place that actually knew what they were doing for the first time in probably a century. Um, with their track and, record of doing with the track record, yeah, yeah. I mean, he did in Boston, and and, it, and to some degree, he did what he did here. You know, he built the team up, got the title, and then left when things are starting to i mean he he sold out you know you know they traded a lot of guys to no, get to that to. team yeah yeah um but then you you don't have it sustained um but i did worry a little bit that they were going to be able to win at least one or two or be this you know dominant team and they really just haven't been i mean the sure. cardinals have been right there with them for the last couple of years really uh and they haven't the Cardinals hadn't done anything special so except for maybe getting Geltsman so um and as that you know the, the, from what i understand and i'm not a, a prospect follower they don't just have a, a huge bunch of prospects coming up they are very much um tapped out mm-hmm. monetarily um i i'm hopeful that we're likely to see a third or fourth place Chicago team before we see a Chicago team that runs another playoff, a big, huge playoff run. Sure. I, you know, they've got to keep the band together to compete next year. And that would be Rizzo, Baez and Bryant. Now the problem with that, just look up Baez's numbers from last year. Oh yeah. They were terrible. I, I looked, I did not know, I didn't realize it was that bad. And I know the Contreras' numbers were bad as well. So, of course, 60-game season, you know, you don't you don't know what to make of it. You know, next year they right. could be loaded. And, you know, they don't trade Darvis after all, and, and they're in a good spot. I don't see that happening. I think that they're going to be movers and shakers this year, and they're going to try to move on to the next phase of a, of a rebuild. They may have to because they're not going to be able to afford the guys that are out, that are that are on there. You know, we know for a fact they're not signing Brian. He's probably going to be in a Cubs uniform this year anyway. Uh, Bryant and Rizzo are questionable. And, you know, there's an element to where there's going to be a one-out factor of one of those if they don't sign whatever max contract they're going to get, which may not be out there anymore. So yeah. I don't know. Now I, I will say this about Theo. I have a lot of respect for Theo. In I can even say as far as I like him, just the boy that that he does business. But I will say that there's not it, none of the managers that do the quick turnaround and win ever leave the organization in good shape. I mean, mm-hmm. that's not going to be the situation. It wasn't the situation in, in Boston. Dombrowski did the same thing when he would win. You know what I mean? He would he would clean out the cupboard to win, and then and then turn around and walk away. And you know, as far as long term success, that's that's going to hurt him. But they did get that World Series, so 
It is, uh, it, it's funny that you bring that up about how you thought that there was a chance that that was going to be a, a, a dynasty because I did too, because they were so young and they were so electric, but the guy that could probably own that town is now the manager in Anaheim. And that probably mm-hmm. speaks volumes. You know, that that's the one that got me. I felt like that was going to be a lifelong deal. And uh, yeah, he's no longer in the organization and in, 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 in neither is Theo. So you know, we were off base, and that's probably better as Cardinals fans that we were. <laughs> oh yes, much. I feel feel much better about being off of that. Is um, we had talked about going through the the latter half of the uh, exit interviews, but we've already run to forty five minutes, so well, I don't yeah. necessarily want to <laughs> to do that. That's another forty five minutes at least in itself. But um, you know, I guess then let's just kind of start wrapping this up. Yeah, winter meetings are next week, and and that's I put quotes around that to some degree because yeah. they're not meeting in person. Um, they're I guess they're having they may have their presentations that they usually have at the winter meetings via Zoom and things like that. You know, some have said over the last few years that this might not make a big difference because over the last few years it seems like they're all doing it by text and stuff anyway that they're hardly ever meeting face to face. But it's going to, I mean, one, it's going to slow down because of all the financial situations around it. But, you know, agents don't get to come make their presentations. Um, I think there's just this idea of even being all together, even if you're not necessarily meeting hand and, you know, to focus you a little bit more and you don't get distracted by, you know, other stuff that's going on, you can kind of focus on materials. I just don't think there's going to be a whole lot of activity next week, even if the, even if they finally do decide on, you know, the DH or the roster sizes. Um, I just don't, I just don't see that there's much. I feel like this is a, this is a winter that anything that, anything that happens is probably going to be January or February. I completely agree with that. In, in a, in a time after Thanksgiving, before Christmas, where the Cardinals typically do all their business, I don't assume that anything would happen other than the possible, the possibility if one of Wayne Ryder or Molina come back or both, that that would happen. Uh, As much as I would love to say, Hey, sign that bat. Get the get the, the veterans back in those two, and let's close the door and be ready to go, and they'll know what they have. I just don't think that's going to happen. I the Cardinals are in play in March in a normal season. I can't imagine where that would be different in a COVID related season. Um, it, I just think it's going to be long. I I almost expect the season not to start till May and then play 140 games mm-hmm. and just to play it safe with the vaccines coming out and and all that which may mean that this is going to be a longer offseason and, and maybe a much slower offseason than normal. Could be. I mean, that's that's legitimately fair. And even in best of times, I don't think – I mean, there is an idea that if you – especially with all those free agents out there, if you jump now, maybe you could get a deal. But I think the Cardinals have typically looked at it as – the players are going to, you can't, you don't get a deal until there's pressure on the players to sign, you know, and that's January, February, right before spring training, whenever that may be. Um, I don't, the Cardinals don't want to ever get out there and set the market. I don't think you're right. Molina Wainwright. I think those deals, I, if those deals are going to get done, I imagine they get done before Christmas. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, but that just that to me feels like that's it. And and I think that, you know, we hear a little bit of talk about talks progressing with Molina. 
you know, for whatever reason, and, and I, I don't know if it's right. I don't know if it's good. We can argue about that, but that does seem to be their focus right now. Is they want to sign Wainwright, they want to sign Molina, and then they can figure out maybe what they have left. Um, and, you know, maybe that's an idea of, you know, we don't know what kind of team we're going to have, so we want to make sure we've got something that draws the fans in when they come. Um, and the idea of a Wainwright Molina retirement tour, um, if nothing else, plus a year away from the ballpark, people are going to show up. Uh, people will come, right? Um, but um, I mean, people are going to show up to see that, even if the team is struggling. If they, you know, again with vaccines, if they feel safe and things like that, you're going to have that. Now, you know, that's a little bit of a stopgap, maybe. To then you can start saying, okay. You've gotten, you know, you've gotten people back in. You've got your money flow running. You get the stuff, people coming off the market, off the payroll. You know, we can really go big in 2022. Um, you know, and this is just our way of kind of bridging the gap is to bring back the band and 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 hope everybody likes the, the old hits. Um, you know, again, I, I'm not sure that I disagree with that. I don't know that there's a better way to do it with all the financial issues that we don't necessarily know. Um, but it also doesn't inspire you to think that 2021 is going to be a really great year for the Cardinals. Yeah. I mean, I've thought about that. Some of the projections that came out yesterday worry me a little bit. Um, you sometime maybe the overly optimistic view on my side is, um, did the guys kind of hit rock bottom last year? You know, is it just one of those, mm-hmm. is it the story is the season too short to tell um, is, is O'Neill ever going to be what we think he's going to be? That will go a long way. Uh, yeah. Are we going to get a, a, is Carlson a full season going to be that beneficial? Um, is Edmund going to bounce back to his rookie, rookie year? You know, are they going to alleviate some stuff for the young, all of those things. There's a whole lot of what ifs. And that kind of brings me back, brings me full circle to some of the guys that uh, were on the uh, uh, the waiver wire type situation, mm-hmm. or the guys that are available right now. There's a point of, part of me that thinks Schwarber and Rosales are probably out of their price point. And as much as I like Dahl, do you want another question mark? You know, I, I yeah. just don't know. And that's that's the thing to where I'm trying to not get. I think they'll be competitive just because they have the pitching. You know, I've said that three years in a row, and that's going to blow up sometime. But uh, I feel like they'll be in it. But I do wonder if we're not going to have a conversation in June about how boring and redundant the team is, and that that's a concern of mine. Yeah, I mean, I think that's. I mean, that's legit. Um, I think, um, but you know, I also think that. I would be surprised if the Cardinals weren't a 500 team next year. I would be surprised if they didn't finish ahead of Pittsburgh next year. I mean, yeah, yeah. They're, you know, they're still going to be the, the the disappointment and downside for Cardinal fans is different than there is for other teams, and you know that's the way we look at it. But I'm not so I'm, again. I'm not. I don't want to spin it as you know if they win 82 games a successful year well, or anything yeah. like that. But it's yeah. better than what it could be. Well, and you know the funny thing about it is you know Ben Rudy he's been put he's been slowly but surely putting out his projections and he had him in 85 wins and yeah. I and my first my reaction was that probably wins the central next year that uh, you know because if Bauer doesn't come back and they're trying to trade Sonny Gray in Cincinnati yeah. that's going to be a step back for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Chicago, you and I have both talked about that. 
Yeah. Um, and you you just wonder. You're just thinking, okay, these are attainable. You get to 90 and you're almost a lock. I mean, there is, I mean, we talked about that, I think, at the very end, the beginning of the, of the off season of this idea that do you just, you know, do the bare minimum and then sell it as, well, everybody else is worse, you know, yeah. so we're, you know, we're going to be a playoff team because everybody else is worse. Um, the problem with that is, and again, I, the problem with that is when you look at it on paper, it's fine. But when they actually put the, you know, things to, to the actual games, somebody winds up surprising you, you know, sure. uh, you know, it may be that Milwaukee, you know, they're like, always going to be Milwaukee now, you with know that, I mean? With, yes. With yeah, council I mean, and within their front office, they're always going to be in the middle of it. Yeah. But you know, it's a, a year where their pitching actually comes together, you know, and they get another, another great year out of Yelich and all of a sudden, boom, they're ahead of you. I mean, cause if you're in a weak division, all you have to do is lose that division by one game and you're out of the playoffs because you're yeah. probably not in the wild card discussion. Um, you know, if the, if the division winners win in 84, um, you can't win 83 and think you're going to go with the playoffs yeah. as a you know, backup. And, you know, the Cardinals say they want to be competitive. So I feel like they're going to do some things around the edges. I, I agree. I agree with you on that. I feel like you can read enough of the reporting out there that uh, there's going to be some improvement and the lineup that you and I make out is not necessarily going to be the lineup, but it's tough to see where that's going to happen. You know, that yeah. with me, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I don't, I don't, I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't think that there's going to be any one big move that says, Oh, they're better now. I think there's going to be a, you know, I think they're going to probably talk about, you know, getting a platoon thing going and, yeah, and that, you know, two are better than one. Um, but you know, I just have to just have to wait and see, I guess. So. Sure. Anyway, um, right now we have tentative plans to be back next week with a few guests to do the uh, a Cardinal. What well, used to be the Cardinal Blogger Awards, kind of go over a little bit of that. Um, other than that, I don't know unless some unless the Cardinals do something between now and then. If they sign Wainwright or Molina, we'll probably try to get a show back together. Otherwise, we might be. Might be January before we get back uh, back to it. We'll just have to see how the holidays treat us. Um, appreciate everybody that's been listening this year. And uh, like I said, we, we should be have a show one sort of another next week. Um, so we won't be completely leaving you hanging. So uh, until next time, that is Alan. I'm Daniel. Good night. Good night. They just won't go away.